You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com. All right, everyone, if we could begin, let's open up with a word of prayer. While you're, if you're still getting food, that's fine. If you could just pause for just a moment, let's thank God for the food today. God in heaven, we thank you for this church. We thank you for the ways that you have guided us uh, in the years past and the ways that you continue to stay with us and to guide us. Lord, we pray that everything that we discern and we do would be in step with your spirit. So Holy Spirit, we invite you, come, fill us, lead us. Thank you for this food that we have. We ask that you would bless all of those lovely people at Domino's who prepared it for us. Would you bless their lives, Lord? And we ask that in the nourishment of our own bodies and our time together and our fellowship here, that we too would be blessed as we step into 2018. All this we pray in the name of God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, so if you have, uh, there's some water, there's some pizza, there's some vegan um, salad, right? We're gonna get started here. Um, so every year we have uh, a, an all-church meeting here at Resurrection, and it's usually around this time of year when we've kind of pivoted from 2017 to 2018, and it's really a simple objective for us. Um, we want to celebrate everything that God has done with us and remember really well 2017. We can, it's so easy to forget what God has done. Have you ever prayed, and then God answers your prayer, and then you move on with your life, and you don't, you don't remember sometimes that God has like actually answered your prayer? Uh, well, we want to be the kinds of people that remember God rightly and what he's done in our lives. So we're going to spend some time looking at 2017, and we're also going to look ahead at 2018 and share with you some of the things that have been on my heart and our staff and our vestry. We just want to roll that out with you. Um, uh, this is also being recorded, so if you need to reference this later, it'll be on our website. You can find it. And one more thing. Um, this is, and I just want to be uh, over-communicate about this. This is a, a meeting that's open to all people at our church whether members or not. Um, members are, have, have committed to being at this meeting, so thank you for being here. Um, but, uh, but everyone else is welcome. So if you're not a member, there, there's like, we're not gonna call people out or anything like that. We're so glad that you're here. We would love that you be here and see where we're going in the next, um, the, in, the, in the year to come. So we're glad that you're here. Um, our kind of theme verse, or at least for me, a passage of scripture that plays right at the heart of resurrection our church, and even when we started out to begin this parish, this was um, a, a passage for me that was just right at the heart of what God was calling us to do, and it's this. It comes from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. Come to him a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. There's, when I, every year when I read this, because I read this at the beginning of every annual meeting every year, I, it, it seems as though God in his grace is helping us get closer and closer to this. We're participating in that, we're seeing that. It feels like we're beginning to unpack that. So much of when I look back at what happened in 2017, um, when I read this passage, I go, yeah, God was doing this. God is building us into a spiritual house. And there's something about us as a spiritual priesthood that we've been like, we've really got at it this last year in terms of stewarding the, um, the good things that God has given us and doing it in such a way that's like, like a priest does for the sake of others, mediating, mediating it to others on behalf of God. 
Um, we've really gotten after that. So this, uh, when we look back at 2017, I think you're going to see that character of this passage. I think you'll see that. And also when we look to 2018, we want to look ahead and go, yeah, we see that character, that shape there too for us. Um, so, but before we get too far ahead, look at this. Speaking of 2018, um, Elliot Isla Marie, I'm going to help you all pronounce that so you don't say it. Isla, that's Isla Marie. Uh, there's a whole story behind this name uh, that I won't, I won't uh, take you into right now, but I just wanted to show you the newest member of our church. You really want to know the story? The short version. Um, well, uh, Madison and Mateo um, have take, you know, take up the front of our kids, and at the, at the rear we have Emery, and we wanted another E. Um, T.S. Eliot is one of my favorite poets of all time. And uh, what happened? Make sure Kina thinks something's happening. I don't know what's going on. Um, one of my favorite poets of all time. And, uh, and so, and Eliot just kind of came up when we did the, the name search thing. I'm like, this is so good. So I've been reading a lot of T.S. Eliot lately to kind of celebrate this, this baby. Uh, also, um, Isla Marie, we found out, we liked, so first of all, Braylon, when we were thinking of names as a family, is like, I got an idea. How about Isla? And Michelle and I are like, no, well, actually, that's kind of cool. And so that stuck for us, with us for a while. But we actually uh, found news that we were pregnant with this child when we were on the big island on vacation this last year. So we thought, okay, there's, there's a couple of points of connection. And then Marie, um, both of my grandmother's names are Marie and or uh, derivations of it. Um, and my wife's uh, grandmother's also. This is like a, a real family name for us. So uh, and as in good old uh, Latino style, we just, if you can't decide on the names, you just add them all. So you just, <laughs> four of them, Elliot, Isla, Marie. So uh, that's our baby. Well, let's look back at 2017 together. This has been an incredible year. It's, I, 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 can you have favorites? I don't know, with years, but this has been like a really um, profound year for us. I want to take us through. When we started in 2017, one of the things, our theme was being refreshed in community. And the way we wanted to get at this was kind of in this two-pronged kind of goal way. First, we wanted to refresh our table groups, our table group life together. And then second, we wanted to refresh our leadership community. Um, so really concretely, what this ended up looking like is we set a goal. We want to we start new table groups, as many as we possibly can. I think our goal was six. And I, we started seven, which is really incredible. Um, and then we also uh, refreshed our leadership community. Um, we started... Uh, meeting as a leadership huddle, which is anybody who's on our vestry, anybody who's a table group leader, anyone who is um, um, leading a ministry team. These are all people in our leadership huddle. If you're in the leadership huddle, would you stand so that we get a sense of who's in this? This is really, really significant. Um, this is the core strength of our church community. Can we give these folks a hand? Y'all can have a seat. The reason, the reason our leadership huddle is such a significant thing for us, um, especially in, in the sense of like core strength, is because as a priest, I can't actually, it would be unfitting for me to do all the ministry in the church. It's like not what I'm called to do. Um, but it's actually uh, like ungodly to assume that like I'm going to do all of this. But in fact, we have these amazing ministry leaders who uh, God has brought into the fold of our church that we get to empower uh, for the ministry of the saints. So my job isn't to do it all, but actually to equip the saints to get to work 
to help us do this ministry. So these are the folks who help us make that happen. I'm super grateful for that. So you can see in 2017, this being refreshing community, we actually did really, really well. We planted table groups. We started this leadership community huddle that meets monthly. We read uh, leadership books together. We pray together. We work on um, ministry issues together, all in my living room. It's such a, a gift to me and I know to this church. So well done on that. Um, yeah, oh, here, here's the slide for that. This, this is some of, some of those folks aren't here with us today. Sandy, I know her back hurts. Perry and John are in there. This is a, it's like a, a, a gang of about 25 of us when we're all gathered together. It's really fun. And these are some of the table groups that have been scattered throughout South Austin. How do I go to the next slide? Hold on, folks. Hang in there. Yeah, would you mind setting that up just as a backup? There we go. All right, is this the right one? Yeah, let me go back. There we are. Y'all remember this? We had 102 people at our, I think it was 102, is that right? Somewhere around, it was over 100 people at our retreat this last fall, which the year before, I think we had 70, which is a huge shock to us even that year, because I think we had like 70 people in our church total. So to have 100 people at the retreat was, uh, was awesome. It's a huge surprise. Uh, Father Rob Patterson came out and talked to us. Uh, and spent, it was such a good thing for us to see. I w- it was such a meaningful thing for me, for y'all to meet Rob, who, if y'all don't know where we've come from, Rob and I planted a church in Santa Cruz that ended up helping plant this church here in Austin. So we had a, a wonderful uh, fall retreat together. We had eight baptisms this year. These are some from All Saints, if y'all remember that. Uh, that was Ember and Blakely. We just had like such a good time together. And Bella, on ba- do y'all remember that? What else happened on All Saints this last year in 2017? We commissioned 52 new members here at Resurrection, our first wave of membership. Uh, way to go. My goodness, that's incredible. Um, a, lot of, a lot of the ways that we have grown in core strength have been in um, like our forming of a vestry, which also happened on All Saints. Thanks, Nathan. Um, our, um, our leadership community huddle, our table groups, and also our membership. You can kind of see when you look back at 2017, those key things that really um, root a community um, and th- those ways that you all have committed to being rooted in this community, we've actually accomplished that. Uh, so that's, it just gives us like wind in our sails as a community, I think. Another couple things that we did that were pretty fun, our St. Nicholas party. Uh, Father Perry dressed up as Bishop Nicholas. No kids in here, right? We're good, right? Um, don't say that, Sean. I'll cut that out of the recording. My bad. Spoiler alert. Um, John Ratliff has agreed to do that for us this year, right, John? Where's John at? John, you, do, you go with that? Don't say we didn't give you any heads up, man. All right. Thank you, John. We also had an incredible Epiphany pub night at Stout House. Thank you, James, for hosting us and having us there. Um, this benefit for Light from Light. That was a ton of fun. And what was really neat is at this party, we noticed just like St. Nicholas party and this pub night, there were people who were not connected to our church at all that would come and, and I would say, hey, nice to meet you. Why are you here? Well, I'm here for the pub night. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Um, and, and in doing all this, we realized... Um, our staff and our leaders, we realize that there is a sweet spot for us in ministry when we celebrate the parties of the church, but do so in a publicly accessible way. That now having kind of uh, come into our third year, we're like realizing, I think we have like a sweet spot here. I think we have a thing and that is throwing really good parties in our neighborhood. So we, amen, right? That's like, what a great gift and calling. Um, Michelle, do you have those cards? 
Oh, sweet. I want to take a, a moment real quick, um, looking back at 2017, to just thank some of our super key leaders. Um, we, this isn't at all all of our leaders in our church, but there have been people in our church who have like really gone above and beyond in their uh, commitment to leading and serving in our church, and I just want to thank um, Stella. If you ever get a bouquet of flowers, and it's stunning and it makes you cry, it's from Stella. Thank you so much for blessing us with that. Is Scott Slade here? I don't think Scott's here. Scott Slade is such a faithful um, uh, setup team guy. He's always here, like no complaints, super early, um, setting up our church for everyone. Stephen Gunter, where are you? I saw Stephen in here. Stephen, this is for you, bud. Can I just, I'll just leave it here for you. Stephen, thank you so much for helping lead our musicians uh, and leading our, our music team when we need your help. And thank you for giving your gift to our church. Where's Eric? Eric Rogers, can I give you this, bud? Eric, thank you for... Man, you've done a lot this year, actually. Um, you've been busy, but thank you for serving our church the way that you have so diligently. And um, Eric's also going through the discernment process, and so kind of uh, hand in glove with his discernment process, you've just been such a, a big help, not only to Nathan and the musicians, but even serving at the altar and just all the great things that you've done. Thank you for your help. Mr. Mays, Mr. John Mays, where are you, sir? The fact that you can hear me and it doesn't sound terrible, uh, we have Mr. Mays to thank. And Alex, where's Alex? I saw Alex. There he is. What? Do I got to walk these around? All right, I'll do that. And while I'm over here, Alex and Melissa, thank you for singing with your beautiful voice and leading us in worship. Thank you very much. Give them a hand. The Gray family. <laughs> Seth McCain with that gnarly beard. Brother, don't ever cut that thing. Just keep it going. Thank you for um, giving us the gift of your coffee. That is like, can I get a round of applause? Pretty amazing. Thank you for that. Uh, Michelle Finch, where's Michelle? Michelle, there you are. Thank you. Give her a round of applause. Michelle, um, you, many of you may not know, and this is why I want to call these people out, because you just don't know the gift of these, what they do behind the scenes. You guys have no idea. It's, it's amazing. Michelle has been um, Lauren's such like a staple number two for especially our Res Littles class, and she has served so diligently and faithfully and often without recognition and behind the scenes. Um, so thank you, Michelle, for taking care of our littlest, most precious of children. And I got one more coming for you, okay? You have one more in the class. Thank you, Michelle. And I'll have, if you don't want to, I don't want to walk back there, so we'll. Pam, where's Pam? Pam, thank you so much for leading us in all the, everything sacristy, linens, and everything at the altar. Pam's been so diligent and helpful. Thank you for serving all year the way that you have. Mario is not here, right? I know he's, he's working, Angela. I have this for Mario. Mario and Angela, both of you, I want to say thank you to you. And I should really have like all these for your kids too. They show up with their whole family and set up all the time. And they're not, these are the kind of people that uh, if it's just their role, they'll always go beyond that and find other ways to help. So thank you so much for the gift that you've been to our church this last year. Yeah, give it up for the Mateys. Thomas Bell. Uh, every week this man makes slides for us. And sets it up, and uh, it, we just take that for granted. We do, and I'm so grateful. Thank you for serving us that way. Uh, and Bernie, where's Bernie at? Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. There he is. He's over there. Bernie. Uh, Bernie is not only our. Yeah. Bernie is not only our senior warden, my senior warden on the vestry, but he's also. He, I mean, what do you not do, Bernie? He's on the setup team. He was on our launch team. He's on our setup team. He counts the money. He's the ushers. He's on the prayer and intercessory prayer team uh, with Jody. Uh, he goes to all the vestry meetings and sits through these long, like, 
P&L statement things. And it's, thank you, Bernie. You've been a, a rock for me personally. And I know that this church is like, you've been a backbone for the whole church. So thank you so much for the way that you've served us so quietly. Yeah, give it up for Bernie. He is. All right. Okay, now would you all stand with me? Because beyond just the leaders that we have to thank, uh, I want to take a moment just to thank God together for everything that he's done for us in 2017. And especially, would you all just pause for a minute and think of something that God has done for you in 2017 that you're grateful for? I'm gonna open us in prayer and I want us to, even speaking over each other, announce that thing that we're so grateful uh, to God for in this last year. God, we thank you that you give us good gifts. You're so kind to us, Lord, more than we deserve. And we're so grateful for everything you've done in 2017. So Lord, now in multiple voices, we lift up to you praise and thanks and gratitude as your church. God, all of these things and more that we haven't even said, maybe we don't even remember, Lord, you have been so good to us. Even when times are tough, times are good, you have been right there with us. Your kindness and your mercy to us, Lord, we, we want to just give you an applause and praise you and thank your name. Let's give the Lord an applause this year. Amen. Amen. Y'all can have a seat. Amen. Well, uh, really quick now, because I, I want to, every year I want to touch on this just so we never lose sight of this. Do you all know uh, the vision of this church? The thing that we see that we're all heading after. If there's like this picturesque kind of mountain high thing that we're, we're after, what is it? Anyone want to guess? No. It's on the screen. There's a hint. It's not a bad one though, Mark. Life together in the goodness of God. That's what we see. That's what this church is heading after. Well, how are we getting there? by practicing our faith in a way that changes us and benefits others. So everything that we do in this church, um, it, it matters the way we go about everything because we're becoming a certain kind of people when we take on these habits and these rhythms. So things like the way we worship, we, it actually really matters to us the way we worship and the way that we use our bodies and the words that we say because it actually is forming a kind of person in us. So we wanna practice our Christian faith in a way that actually changes us into likeness and also at the same time in a way that benefits other people. We're not just some holy club that gets to hide out and be like, you know, pat each other on the back, but we actually want to live a community life that blesses our neighborhood. So this is our mission or how we're getting to this vision. And then lastly, 
the things that make us tick. These are the values that you'll see sprinkled on everything that we try and do. Everything we do, we want to be rooted in the scriptures. We want to be rooted with like an understanding of church tradition and history. We want to have a, like some context for the things that we're doing, especially in a world right now that just seems like so kind of afloat and adrift. We want to be a rooted people, people who are not shaken, but have their, their homes have been built on the rock of Jesus. That's what we want as Christians. So we want to be rooted. Everything we do, we also want to have an imagination for the sacred. So beauty, um, worship, the songs that we sing the, the sing, the way that we serve, the table group gatherings, there's something very, very sacred about these tables that we find ourselves at all over, all over the neighborhood. And we realize that uh, we don't, when we leave this place, we don't leave God behind, but he's actually, uh, his glory is being shown through us. And so even those normal moments in our everyday lives are sacred, sacred, sacred moments. And so uh, we want to have an imagination for the sacred. Oh, sorry. Um, we also are a kinds of people who, like the best news we have is news about the kingdom of God. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like what else are we gonna talk about, people? If I ever am preaching and you're like, Sean, I haven't heard about the kingdom in a while, you should come tell me that. Because if we're not talking about the God's reign and rule through his son, Jesus, making all things right upon the earth. This is our story, people. This is our message. This is, what makes, <laughs> this is what it makes it all worthwhile. This is what gives us such perspective, the kingdom of God. So we want that to be, um, that, that, that kingdom value to be just to permeate everything that we do as a church as well. And lastly, and we do this like kind of in our sleep. We're so good at community and I think we can get better at it, um, but we love each other. We wanna be with each other. We, we want everything that we do to be marked by this value of community as well. So those are the values of our church. At our last uh, all-church kind of conversation, one of the things that um, came, was apparent to me is that especially folks who aren't familiar with like the Anglican tradition or Catholic or Orthodox tradition, it's, it's actually we share the same polity. So most Christians throughout the world, throughout history, have been in a church organized like this, just for some perspective. Um, I wanted to take you kind of step-by-step step how who we are and how we're organized and how like uh, who reports to who and like all that kind of business. We, um, let's start at the very, very top. Throughout the world, we are, um, we are Anglican. And Anglican is basically, let's not do that. I'm not gonna go into like the etymology of this thing. Um, let's not do that. It do, but let's just say this. It doesn't mean white person church. It means the church that's come out of England. People laugh, but I've heard like Anglican. Does that mean you have to be Anglo? No, 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 no. Uh, it means the church has come out of England. Um, but it's the, it's the traditionally, or like in history, the, the church Catholic that has come out of England. And so we're a part of this Catholic Anglican communion worldwide. Catholic, not in the Roman Catholic sense, but in the worldwide universal, according to the whole sense of the word Catholic. We are a part of this Anglican family worldwide that represents 85 million people. This is the third largest Christian body in the world. Roman Catholics, Eastern Orthodox, Anglicans. You're part of the third largest Christian body in the world. So that's, and in fact, one of the pulls to me into Anglicanism, being a part of a Protestant denomination was, man, I wanted to work toward the, the unity of the church. I wanted to kind of like not be something different or special, but I wanted to just be really, really normal. I wanted to like be Christians the way people are Christians as much as possible. And that, that was one of the pulls personally for me. One of the um, instruments in this worldwide Anglican communion that we are a part of is called GAFCON. And it is uh, a global uh, Anglican confess... How's it go? Hold on. They changed this. They changed this just even recently. I wrote it down. Let me just read this to you. Our province... Yeah, our province or a continental region of dioceses. I'll get to diocese in just a minute. Our province is United States, Mexico, Canada. That's a province. 
of the Anglican Church in North America unites 132,000 Anglicans in over 1,000 congregations across the U.S., Canada, and Mexico into a single church. Uh, in 2009, it was recognized as a province of the Ang Global Anglican Communion by the primates. Primates, there's lots of words here. Primates are archbishops of provinces, people in charge of provinces, um, of the Global Fellowship of Confessing Anglicans. That's what GAFCON is short for. And our, in our province, in this Anglican Church of North America province, our archbishop, who is the head of our province, is Archbishop Foley Beach, and he's in Atlanta. Um, he's also a bishop of a diocese in the Atlanta area as well. Um, and you guys, if I could have uh, Foley here, you would love him. He's such a kind, gentle, like godly man. I'm, I like love Archbishop Foley Beach. Our diocese, so you got the worldwide communion, right? And then you have the province, which are these like continental spans of churches, of Anglican churches. Then our diocese is a smaller unit within this province. It's called Churches for the Sake of Others. It's a community of about 50 churches, four of which are here in Austin. Um, 10 of which, about 10 or probably more, are in central Texas. And hundreds of leaders that are committed to, this is how uh, uh, our bishop describes it, nurturing existing congregations as well as planting new churches. Under the leadership of our bishop, Todd Hunter, uh, our diocese, Seafort, so seeks to announce, embody, and demonstrate the kingdom of God. Not bad, right? Does that make sense? How we are organized? If you can kind of locate us. Okay, what about resurrection? Resurrection is a parish, is a church in the diocese of churches for the sake of others. So, um, for instance, I do not belong to this church. I belong to Bishop Todd. This church, though it is in my care, I serve at his pleasure over this church because this church doesn't belong to Sean McCain. It actually belongs to Todd Hunter. So this church and myself, we actually belong to a bishop, Todd Hunter, in the diocese churches for the sake of others. Inside resurrection, our governing bodies, those, those leadership communities that make things work, is our vestry, which if y'all don't know who our vestry is, uh, I'm gonna point you out now, so get ready to stand up, vestry people. Bernie Cummins, and can you all stand up while I read your names out? Bernie and Bofolds, James Hughes, Laura O'Connor, and Beverly Pearson. Can y'all stand so people can see? Yep. All right, you can have a seat. Uh, I mentioned Bernie is my senior warden, James is our treasurer, Laura's on the vestry, and Bo is a people's warden. Bo, would you come up here? And Beverly is also on the vestry. But I asked Bo to come up. We don't have a mic for you, so you're just going to have to yell. I can talk um, It's okay. No worries. There it is. I can talk. Um, so we wanted to take a brief moment because Bo, as the people's warden, is your, the people, this is your point of contact. If you have something that you'd like to express, uh, a dream maybe you have, like, man, this would be wonderful, or uh, some ways that the church can grow. How do you have access to the vestry? You, well, you have it through any of the vestry members, but Bo's um, office on the vestry is specifically dedicated to representing the needs of the people to the vestry. Does that make sense? So I've asked Bo to come and, like, share and explain some of that. Can you do that? Uh, yeah, so one of the big this. things I wanted to make sure that we kind of talked about, I want to make sure that I can if you guys have like a, a dream or a calling or something that you really want to do and you're trying to find a way to make that happen, let me know. I want to connect everybody that we possibly can to achieve that dream. And who knows, maybe there is someone else who's already working on it or someone else who also has a similar calling to try to do. So I want to try to connect those types of people so we can amplify that impact, right? Um, on top of that, the other thing is that we found in the past that sometimes people were going about stuff on their own, and in reality, Res could have helped. 
we can offer some assistance in terms of direction, in terms of uh, sometimes funding, depending on what it is. And so if you've got something like that, anything in mind, let me know. I'd love to help. Um, and one of the things that I, I like to do really well is enable people to go do what they want to do as best they can. So okay. let me know. Cool. So y'all utilize Bo. Give him a round of applause because he's your man. Okay. All right. Uh, next, I, I want to, um, is there any, I feel like I'm missing something there. Uh, let me go back because I want to explain a little bit of how this works. So our leadership huddle, I mentioned this to you. Our vestry is a part of that. Our staff is a part of that. Our table group leaders and our team leaders, they're all part of this living room at Sean's house community that are, uh, we're, we're praying and thinking as, as a leadership community church, Lord, where are you leading us? Where are you taking us? What are the problems that are before us? How do we put our heads together to figure out this stuff together? So that's, uh, I think it's really encouraging for you all speaking for you, but I would be encouraged to know there's a community of leaders who are actively discerning and working together. It's not just Sean in a closet by himself, but like we, I have a lot smarter people surrounding me helping us out. Um, and our staff as well, um, if, if you're new to Res, you may not know this, Lauren McCain is our Director of Family Ministry. Michelle Johnson is our Director of Administration. Lauren, where are you at? Can you raise your hand? Michelle, where are you at? Can you raise your hand? Uh, Nathan Reeder is our Director of Music. Where's Nathan? Raise your hand. There he is. Thank you, Nathan. And Stephen Hebbard with an asterisk? What is that supposed to mean? Oh, interesting. Okay, I'm just going to leave that. But I've got, some, I've got an announcement coming up about Stephen that I'm pretty excited about. Um, but let me put that announcement in context. Looking forward to 2018, um, the thing that's been on my heart for even a couple years has been how do we engage the neighborhood really, really well? We have this like best kept secret about who Rez is. And oftentimes I think um, we kind of get stunted or st stumped on how is it that we go out into the world and serve for the sake of others? What, is those, what are those service opportunities? Um, how, how do we participate with Jesus as he goes into the South Austin neighborhood? Like, what does it look like for us to engage the neighborhood? That's the question I have for us in this next season. Well, again, because I like uh, big, juicy numbers and goals, um, I, I think through this engaging the neighborhood kind of idea in two ways. One, we've, we really need to renew our community life in Christ especially coming off of um, our staff transitions. This is actually like new, this, I had to like pivot this a little bit um, because I, I felt like what we needed in order to be um, the presence of Christ in our neighborhood, we, it was, we needed to take care of ourselves as a community. We've gone through a huge change and there's some renewal that needs to happen there. And I think that's like really healthy and fair to say. But you know what's really great about this is that no matter what mission or what outreach or what service opportunity we go on, it's always got to be from a place of renewal in Christ. Anything less than that is just gonna be us running ahead of the Lord, getting really busy in his name and, like, and not like being in step with him. So first part of this is I wanna just spend some time as a community looking at our worship life, finding ways to improve and strengthen our worship life, our prayer life, especially um, our own personal devotion and, and rhythm of prayer and scripture reading. I wanna spend time looking at that. We have catechism classes coming up, so discipleship and thinking deeply about what it means to be a Christian. That's another way that we're gonna work this out. Um, and even in our leadership community, we're gonna continue to invest in what does it look like to be a godly leader? Uh, all, all of this, uh, and you're gonna hear a little bit more of this as I invite some of the staff up. All of this is after this first goal of being renewed 
renewed in our community life in Christ. And on the flip side of that, we also want to serve Christ in the neighborhood. We don't want to just be renewed for renewal's sake, but we actually want to go into the neighborhood and participate with Christ in his work wherever we find him. Um, and, uh, so, and I'm also going to give you some, some uh, insights what that looks like. But really briefly, um, I've asked all of our um, ministry liaisons, people who are our touch point, our uh, point of contacts for ministries like uh, the Pregnancy Resource Center, True Care, or 35 for 35, or St. Louis House, or Light from Light. We have all of these ministries that we're partnered with. I've asked them, I need you to give me two dates throughout the year that you can coordinate a service opportunity for our church. And we're gonna get behind it, announce it, and, and like hopefully send us out into these service opportunities, either as a church or also as table groups. We have a lot of plans about giving us some opportunities to reach out to the neighborhood. Another really key way that we're gonna go about this is um, by doing what we do so well, celebrating, like throwing really great parties. We're really good at that. Uh, and I think we should keep doing that. And, and what's great about throwing a great party is it, it like achieves both of these goals at once. It renews our own community life in Christ in some ways, but it also is like the front porch of our church. I want to build out that front porch and make it as big as possible. I wanna fit as many people onto my lawn as possible. You know, I, wanna, I just wanna build this home. Get, no, don't get off my lawn. Come on in. Step onto the porch. And I think that our, our community's um, gift of, of hospitality and celebration, uh, we can really lean into that, throwing really great parties in the neighborhood and inviting people to come close to the church and rub elbows with us and uh, God's people. So um, those are some ways that looking forward, we're going to try and tackle that. So Stephen Hebert, how do you fit into this? Well, Stephen, would you, would you like raise your hand or something? Stand up. Stephen Hebert, everybody. Yeah, give it to him. Oh, come on, you guys. It's all that pizza. You guys are tired. Stephen, you can, you can have a seat. So I won't make you stand for the whole thing. Um, Stephen and I have uh, been talking for, for months, actually, about um, this, this idea he's had. He's, he's starting to, this project of farming with refugees and the poor in South Austin. And me and him have been trying to figure out how does this couple together with what Rez is doing. And I think it actually fits really, really well because Stephen's also in the discernment process for holy orders. And so um, his dream, and I think it makes a lot of sense for us, is as a minister of the church, as a representative of the church, to go and form, farm with refugees and the poor in this project, um, not as like some side thing, but as the presence of the church in Stephen, as a representative of resurrection. And so uh, what Stephen and I have um, figured out is on March 1st, he's gonna begin a curacy for mission and outreach at Res that's gonna be holding both of those things in tension. You'll see him serving a lot at the altar and also uh, farming with refugees and the poor. And uh, these ministries are not like, a, I don't conceive of them as like separate actions, but actually part of one whole motion of what it means to worship God and then to follow Jesus out into the neighborhood. So we get to actually kind of discover this with Stephen in your curacy. And man, I'm super excited to have you on our staff and to do ministry with you. I'm super excited to see what God does. Um, uh, he's also gonna help teach. He's gonna lead. He's gonna do all kinds of um, things to help us um, identify these service opportunities to go and, and work with him uh, and, and do other things in the neighborhood. So Stephen is like a real significant part of us being able to accomplish this goal that we have in the coming year. Thank you, Stephen. I'm super excited to be with you, man. All right. Now the moment you've all been waiting for. Um, I wanted our, I wanted our, I know why you're really here. You want to hear from Bishop Todd, and I get it. I would too. Um, Alex, are we good on this? Yeah. Audio-wise? Oh, wait, you don't have the thing. Who has the magic thing? Okay, I'm going to hit play on this, and then you're going to see a man on the screen, and he's going to be speaking, and that's our bishop. Okay?
but he can't hear you. He just, it's just one way. Hey, Res South Austin. This is Bishop Todd. Hey, I say this behind your back all the time, so I thought I should say it to your face, at least via video. And that is, I'm very proud of what you guys have accomplished in your church plant. Um, very proud of what you guys are trying to do. I know planting a church isn't easy and that you guys took some special risks and um, sometimes risks don't turn out, you know, exactly as we might want them to turn out. Um, but I want you to know I have every confidence in your future and every confidence in your leadership and your whole notion of um, learning to renew your community life, to um, renew your lives in Christ and to do so for the sake of others is just right at the heart of everything we're trying to do uh, in C4SO. For probably going on 30 years now, the, the little uh, couple words that I carry around in my mind to summarize what I'm doing and what I think you guys are trying to do too is journey inward, journey outward. And I borrow that language from Elizabeth O'Connor from Church of the Savior in Washington, D.C., way, way back in the 60s. But I don't know of any um, any better way of saying briefly what it is we're trying to do. A journey inward for our own transformation into Christ-likeness and a journey outward uh, to be the servant of all. Um, our, our piety, you might say, always existing for the sake of others. So I look forward to seeing you when I'm out in October for your retreat. And I send my best blessings to you guys as you enter this new era in the life of your church. Lots of love. be at our uh, fall retreat this year. He's our speaker at the retreat. So yeah, he said that. Good point. Thanks, Nathan. All right. So uh, James, can you come up, my brother, and take us through our favorite? This, James is going to make this super fun. You guys think finances, but James is going to deliver. Right, James? And this, this is acting funny, so if you need to use that, go ahead. All right. So, uh, hey, you lady. It's my wife. Don't turn around, she said. Don't. Okay. All right. Um, okay. So my portion here, uh, the treasure on the vestry. I'm still learning what that means. I thought um, since I do that at work a lot, you know, work with numbers, I thought I could help here at Res. Um, and uh, Laura really thought I could help. She said, James should be treasurer. So I said, okay. So I'm learning what that means. W one of the things I learned at the retreat was, hey, James, uh, budget's coming up and we need you to lead that and build a committee and so I didn't know that was being part of the treasure so um, prayed about uh, who to ask to be part of that and again I know Angela's knitting but I'm going to say Angela raise your hand and Stephen Hubbard raise your hand we wanted uh, some uh, from um, well I'm a lay person too but like some additional people uh, that weren't on vestry weren't on staff uh, to take a look at the first draft of the budget that the staff had put together and see, uh, you know, from the hearts of the people, you know, and taking, we took Sean's vision that he had uh, up front. This thing is doing stuff again. Uh, that's okay. Um, up front, he said, renewing life in our community. And so there was a big vision statement that the staff had put together uh, about reaching out. We reached inward last year, reaching out to our community this year, 
And, and that really struck with me because I've been part of a church plant before that's mobile. And a lot of the times when you're mobile, the community around where you gather on Sunday don't even know you exist because you can only put your signs up on Sunday morning, right? And, oh, there's a church, and then they go down, and people just don't know that we're here. But so much uh, beauty happens here on Sunday mornings uh, that we would like more of our community to know about. And it seemed that that was uh, being shaped in the hearts of our staff as well. And so what we did, me and Angela and Laura um, and Stephen, is, is read that vision uh, of reaching our community, and we wanted to look at the budget just to make sure that what the staff was dreaming of, they were actually planning and budgeting for um, uh, just through non-staff eyes. And so um, that's what we did. It took us a couple months of virtual meetings and in-person meetings, um, learning new technology and uh, Skype, Zoom meetings. That was cool. Um, and then we were able to present uh, our thoughts back to the staff and the vestry. And so we've done that. That's kind of how that process went. Um, I'm going to click a button. Just anyone? Any button? The right button. The one without the arrow? Okay. So uh, look back. This is just an overview of last year's uh, giving was at 225. Our spending was at 244. Yes, net proceeds negative 19. But that's something we actually kind of planned for. We dreamed big last year. Uh, we had cash reserves. Uh, we did forecast growth um, and that that would be made up uh, as as giving came in. But that's kind of, uh, is it, this was our actual or what we budgeted for? This is actual. Okay, so um, uh, this is our current standing right now at the end of 2017 uh, in the bank. Yes, sorry. There's a... Yeah, we have $30, people. We, we put 10 of, 10 of those in savings. So don't fear, okay? Uh, yes, thank you. Thank you, Pam. Uh, let me start over. Back, I, I'm learning to be the treasurer here at Res. Yeah, yeah, really small up there. We had, uh, giving was at 225000 last year, spending at two forty-four. Our, our cash um, assets right now are at thirty thousand. We do have ten thousand in savings and twenty thousand in checking. So uh, this is our budget for this year. We um, uh, are budgeting for two hundred thirty-two thousand two hundred thirty-two thousand dollars in expenses. Under that, you have operations, which we'll bullet here in a second, ministry expenses, and the mission. Uh, a word about mission here in just a second. So operations breaks down staff leadership, uh, facilities and administration, and then that financial reserves. Uh, one thing that we started looking at last year is I know our reserves is sitting at 10,000, but we'd like to see that grow if we can. Uh, kind of the principle of tithing to yourself. So um, uh, mission you'll see here in just a second is our, our tithe as a church a percentage of everything that we give as a body we're giving back out okay and then it'd be really nice to be in a position to give af after that give into your reserve for the time when there's any kind of emergency the church needs to pull from that so we want to see the reserves build uh, so I'm going to go back operations ministry and mission that's what we're going to cover that's operations ministry uh, that expense there breaks down uh, discipleship and community, uh, 
uh, pastoral care and support, worship and family ministry. So that's, these are all really high levels. There's 40 pages of, of stuff we can send out if you guys want to see that. Uh, come see me afterwards. Uh, and then mission is, is our tithe as a church, our giving back. Uh, this is a floating number. So 22,000 is, is how Excel rounded that down for some reason. Uh, percentage of what we expect to give in. The, the beauty of this is that that can actually be a higher number as our giving goes up. So, um, but we uh, evenly split mission and outreach is some partnerships that we have here uh, in Austin, uh, spending on reaching our community. Uh, and then uh, the other portion of our tithe goes to C4SO, which goes back into church plant. Uh, I believe that our tithe to C4SO, 100% of that goes right back out. Is that correct? Almost 100%, which is not quite 100%, but pretty high. Goes right back into church planting. So your giving goes back out into other church plants like Res uh, across uh, that um, the 50 church C4SO mission. So, uh, like I said just a second ago, mission, that 22000 is a dream based on what we think will come in, based on the historical budgeting and or, or giving of our church. Uh, what I was telling Sean as we were going over this is, that's yeah, that's 10% of what we see expenses being for the church or income being our giving, but that number can go up. Um, what, what I thought would be cool is if we overspent in the mission budget as a church. You, you know what that means? That kind of means that we like, we as a church, we give more. That means we have more, the percentage of giving is higher. And so it'd be cool next year to look back and say, we overspent in mission by $10,000. Well, that's because giving was up. So um, that's a cool challenge. Uh, and uh, that's kind of the end of my presentation, except this word right here. Uh, giving online. I think I sent this out maybe if you were on the email and we were trying to secretly raise funds to give the staff a blessing, you know, and I accidentally copied the staff on that <laughs> email. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so part of what I said in there is one of the coolest ways to give secretly to this uh, is text a number and the word, I think, gift. All right, so just text it. So if you did that, uh, you set up online giving. If you, if you've, does anybody give online to, to Res? Okay, this is really super cool. You're pretty much already ready to do this. Uh, I started tithing this way, this number right here, because I always, I used to only write checks because it's like I want to put it in the plate. There's my, I want God to bless that. Physically do it. I'm against all this virtual stuff. But I kept forgetting my checkbook. So... <laughs> Um, when I found out we could do this last fall, I set it up personally and I realized, oh my gosh, the plate's coming. I typed a number and go, it is done. It says, thank you. Uh, that was it. And then Michelle, I think Johnson came up with these, this cool thing of these chips. So what I'm going to do, all right, that's what I thought. Okay, here's that check I always wanted to put in. I wanted to physically give on Sunday. Well, if I tithe online during the week, uh, Michelle has these things out. Then you can put this in and just still can still go through that act, that physical act of giving. So uh, I thought that was cool. So what I'm going to do right now is tithe in front of you guys. 
and just you're not going to see it, um, okay? But that number right there, if you type right now to that number, it's going to walk you through just a quick setup process. If you already give online, all that does is connect your phone number to that account, and it knows how your preferences, if you've got your giving online tied to your bank or to a credit card, it's already set to go. But you can do that right now with me if you want to, and just type one and give, give res a dollar and just get it all set up. But I'm going to type, I'm going to type res in there. And I'll show you guys by the reaction on my face that I just tithed. And I'm going to type my number. And, and this is the coolest thing. If you don't have a word after the number, it just goes into the general fund. This is where it gets really cool. If I typed the number and then space and the word light, that goes straight to giving for light for light. If I type the number and then I typed allies, these are missions that we're partnering with, okay? It goes straight into that fund, allies. So if you're ever driving down the road and you think, man, I wonder how allies is going, God might say, give them 10 bucks to allies. You type 10, allies, and it's done. Don't, that's right. Pull over. I'm going to type my tithing number and hit send, and in less than a second, I get a thank you. Well, five, there it is, six. Six seconds, there's my giving right there. Oh, I forgot a zero. I forgot two zeros. You know, um, text refund. It's so simple. All right, just do it. But the plates come by. It's on its way. I drop this in. I say, thank you, Lord. Bless this for Rez and for the missions here uh, um, that we're trying to give to. Uh, just do it. It's so easy. Um, and use these cool things and, and, uh, or keep it, you know, but that's it. Text to give. It's really the easiest way. I'm for it now. Um, uh, let's overspend in missions. Amen. And then what? Nathan. Sorry, Sean. Click this right here. All right. So, is this? Man, it's been so long since I've actually worked. Nope, not that one. Mm, not. Yeah, that's how you get a hold of him. And this is not me. I am not in charge of family. So, how about we hand it off to Lauren right now? And yeah. You sure you don't want to talk about family, Nathan? It'd be the greatest. All right. Man, what a great year we had with family this past year, guys. We grew from uh, 20 kids to over 40 in the year 2017. I know, right? Um, the older kids participated and graduated in two catechism classes. Uh, they studied the Nicene Creed. They studied the gospel in the Old Testament. Um, I wish y'all could see what they did back there. They uh, debate, they question, they answer, they work with each other. They ask tough questions that we as adults have a tough time with. Um, so be proud of your kids. If you don't physically have kids here, you're the spirit, spiritual parent. Um, be proud of them and continue to parent their work and their uh, worship life. Um, 
The Littles, they established a routine, a beautiful rhythm of worship around an altar that was age-appropriate, developmental for them and where they're at. Uh, they get to play with it. They all come together and worship with lessons every week. I don't know if y'all knew that. Um, they do so much more than just wiping tears and bottoms in there. Um, they learn, they worship, uh, they love each other really well in there. Um, and then at the end of the year, um, we had 35 kids leading the adults in worshiping our Savior's birth through a pageant. They did so great. That was so beautiful. Um, this year, we're excited to continue and grow those things. The big kids are going to continue their catechism classes. The littles are going to continue learning around that altar. Um, but we're also growing in some indirect learning environments. Some of y'all might know the word Montessori learning. Anybody familiar with that? Yeah? Uh, we're going to begin uh, Montessori approaches with the littles here. You'll see some changes coming to their classroom in the next couple of weeks. You'll see new activity baskets, new books, um, new things for them to play with um, that are actually really purposeful and worshipful as well. Um, and then the big kids will see that uh, coming this summer. Um, so what's the value in adding just new toys or new things for them to play with, we ask? Well, they're not just going to be random. They're not going to be like, well, this looks cool. We like this book. Um, let's put a little sandbox in there, make another mess. It's not like that at all. Um, they're going to be uh, taught with the lesson. They're going to be introduced. Um, and they're going to be very thematic, and they'll actually rotate as the kids uh, rotate what they're learning each week. So you'll probably see in the next couple weeks, like a sandbox with a miniature Mount Sinai and Moses and the Israelites in the desert, so that the kids have a liturgy lesson as well. Um, but then in their own independent time, they can go and pull out this basket, and they can work through in their mind and continue to process um, everything that they've been learning. Um, kids actually really need that independent time to think through and process and worship in their own ways. Um, and they're all in different places with that. So we're going to continue to equip them, uh, continue to build that up. Um, so you'll see a lot of that coming in. Um, and I have three ladies uh, who have actually stepped up to help me with this. This is going to be a whole lot of elbow grease. So I want to thank Crystal White, and Melissa Gray, and Michelle Finch. Um, Y'all, these people, they are such a blessing to me. They support me so much and so well. Um, and they've agreed to brainstorm and think and work, do a, a lot of heavy lifting um, so that your kids uh, can have these learning experiences um, and worship experiences in really beautiful age-appropriate ways. So thanks, guys. I hope uh, get excited to see those. Um, one conversation. What in the world is that all about? Do any of y'all have kids in the little class, and you've started to see uh, papers show up by that new check-in system? Yeah, Emily's seen it. Uh, the big kids have had homework uh, for you. They've been bringing it home all year long. Um, and now the little kids are beginning to see those as well. Actually, tomorrow you'll all see 
Uh, if you have kids in either of those classes, you'll have an, an email uh, with those papers attached, those bring home uh, letters and their homework for you, uh, interview questions, prayers, all of that. Um, and the reason that we've made that transition and we've added it is not just to make, give you one more thing to look at, uh, one more thing to do as a parent each week with your kids, um, but so that you can continue what they're doing here on Sunday and you have a place to pick up. And if you have kids in the littles class and the bigs class, rather than saying, okay, we're going to have this conversation with what you learned over here, and then we're going to have another conversation with our other kids and what you learned over here, we are, uh, the little kids and the big kids are actually learning the same thing at the same time. So if you're at the dinner table together or you're driving in the car doing errands together or however you have that time, um, it's going to be able to be one conversation. You can both talk about the same thing. Uh, today they talked about why do we take God seriously? Why, uh, why is God not a joke to us? What has he done in our lives? The little kids did that and the big kids did it. So uh, we're going to continue to build one conversation for you at home. Um, and same thing if you're a spiritual parent here and you go to table group with some of these kids. Um, it, they're all going to be learning the same thing. And I think that's really exciting. So we're really looking forward to building that up this year as well. Um, last big thing with family is improved safety. Um, you've noticed that we have a new check-in system with the Littles class. We're really excited about that. It's going to help us shore up a lot of little loose ends. Um, allergies, contacts, all that is immediate with that. Um, and we're going to have a lot more of those little things coming into the Littles class as well. Uh, just really practical helps. Um, so you can look forward to some more safety, uh, more changes coming there. Um, and also really in an exciting way, uh, our diocese, C4SO, um, has in implemented a new child safety protection program. Um, basically, they've said, hey, anybody working with kids in your churches, we need you to be trained uh, to recognize if your kids are being abused. We need you to be trained in knowing how to prevent that and help kids if you see those notes. Uh, we need you to be trained, uh, in a na uh, sorry, we need you to be background checked on a national level so that all the families here can be assured um, that your kids are being really well taken care of. Um, and then lastly, they've said, and we're going to have a five to one ratio. So we're going to make sure that we don't overwork adults. We want to make sure that all those kids are really well cared for. They're safe each week. Um, so we're going to have a max of five kids per adult in those little kids' rooms. Um, and so if you've noticed, and all in the last couple of months, that occasionally we've maxed the littles class out, uh, it's not because we don't want your kid in there, it's because we have met our capacity. Um, and those 15 kids are there, our three adults are there, um, but that's what we can safely take, and those are the kids that we can safely care for. Um, if you would like to join our team, we're always looking uh, for more help in there. And the more people who join, uh, the fewer weeks that everybody will serve. So uh, we're really excited for those things. 
Let me know if you'd like to be a part of either building up those Montessori learning baskets, um, any of that side of the approach, or if you're interested in serving in the littles class or the bigs class with me. Thanks, guys. Now, Nathan. <laughs> Hey, thanks, Lauren. So my name is Nathan Reeder. I know a lot of you guys, um, but uh, Sean asked me to kind of share briefly what, what we see happening in the worship life of our church in, this, in this, uh, this coming year. And really how I see this fitting is renewing our life, our, renewing our community life in Christ. Um, one of the things that um, may have gone through your mind at one point or the other is like, hey, does, does Nathan listen to, like, the radio? Does he not know, like, what's going on? Or why is it that you're always butchering my favorite hymn, you know? Things like that. Um, but really, it stemmed, like, I, I, it's not that I intentionally butcher your favorite hymn, but there is some intentionality behind our approach to worship here at Res, and it really comes down to this idea of new and old, Okay, so one, one of the first times I met with Father Sean was at Radio Coffee, and he was, like, asking me some questions about worship. And this is the verse that kept coming to my mind over and over and over again. And it's uh, at the end of this time where Jesus is explaining uh, all these parables, you know, that he has borrowed from Jewish, Jewish literature, but he kind of puts a twist right at the end, kind of changes the meaning pretty significantly. And when his disciples are asking, what is this all about? Why do you keep doing this? His re reply to them is he says, um, Every scribe who has become a disciple of the kingdom of heaven is like a head of a household who brings out of his treasure things new and old. In Latin, that is nova et vetera. And this is something that the church Catholic has latched onto for thousands of years, of taking things out of our treasure that are, that are old and bringing new life to them. And really how I see this as... Um, also striving for this unity of the church theme that, that Rez is all about, is it lets us to have a, a, a connection, not only to all the millions of other Anglicans, not, not to all the millions of other Christians that are doing the exact same thing on a Sunday morning, but it helps us to have communion with those in the church who are very much alive but are no longer on this planet, right? And for that, for us to, to tap into that strength, it makes some of the things that we experience on the local and the personal level a lot more manageable because we know we are not doing it alone, right? And so as we begin this, this next year, um, we're going to be continuing in that. And I hope this is just a teaser for what's going to happen in the catechism class where Sean is going to just let me slow jam the theology of resurrections uh, uh, music. Um, I'm really looking forward to that, and I hope you'll join us for that. Before I'm done, I want to say uh, uh, some thank yous. First is for the people, like the stuff that happens up here would not happen without people like John Mays, with like Alex Gray, and um, <laughs> Thomas Bell. Sorry, blanked on your name real quick. Like these people are like the ones who make it happen, right? And so if we could just give them a round of applause. It seems like the only time... The only time that we give them recognition is when like something like 
crazy happens, you know, <laughs> like, and so, but it, there's like so many times when it's like, they are such a blessing to me because it's like stuff I don't have to think about. And it's something I can't, I, I can't think about, like I don't even know. And so, um, I also want to say thanks to a couple of people who have always consistently been available to lead our congregation. And that is Stephen and Eric. They have always been willing to step up and, and to help out in so many ways. And can we give them a round of applause too? And there are so many people on the worship team. I know that here in this room, Melissa, anyone else? Like, there are so many, like, these people all have jobs. These people all, all have school. They have so many other things to do. We don't pay anybody what they're worth. We couldn't do it. Oh, yeah, there's Joel. Joel's going to be modest about it. And Layla, where? Oh, gosh. All right. So these, these people have so many other things to do, and they give freely of their time and talent to make this happen. And I couldn't be um, more grateful and for the ministry that they have here at this church. Um, I think the, um, the one thing that I think we all share is this gratitude for you as the congregation that you really take this word liturgy, the work of the people so seriously that when like Eric's piano goes out, you know, or my guitar blows up a battery and stops working, or, you know, maybe I get a little bit of breakfast and you got like, we don't even notice that, you, like, because you guys are singing your hearts out. And how much of a blessing that is to have that up on the worship team, to know that if something goes terribly wrong up here, we're not going to miss a beat. Because this isn't about something that we're doing. It's about something that we as the people of God are doing together. And so thank you so much for, uh, for being that kind of congregation that takes the work of the people so seriously. That was under five. That was. <laughs>going to speed through the rest of this because we're running a little bit behind. You're like, thank God. Okay. Thank you, Lauren and Nathan. Um, This is Michelle Johnson's three minutes, but I'm just going to fly by it. Some of you have already gotten emails about Planning Center. Have you seen that? This is an organization tool that's going to help us uh, with volunteer schedules and just all of our scheduling life together. Uh, It it allows you to self-manage your own schedule. You also get notifications and reminders when you're serving. Um, and if you have any questions about this whole thing, email Michelle at Res Austin. Though Michelle is moving, uh, coming up here pretty quick. I know, that's news. You can ask her about it. Her and Weldon have, uh, they're moving to South Carolina, long story short. Uh, it's good, but we're going to miss them. She's going to stick around and work for us, uh, with us remotely and help us as we get familiar with Planning Center. So please feel free to contact her. Uh, I'm just going to fly through all this. This is kind of what it looks like. You should just log in and check it out because it's wonderful. Yeah? Yeah. All right, uh, so folks, just to recap, this year I, I really feel the invitation of God for us to open up our doors and build this really wonderful front porch for the life of our neighborhood. And um, so I want to encourage you as we begin this year together and everything that we've talked about here, um, may we become the kind of community that's so enriched in our life in Jesus that we can't help but open up that front porch for the sake of other people. I think if we were to run off and I was to stand up here and say, we're going to go and accomplish all of these programs for mission and outreach. Let's go get it. Um, at the cost of actually becoming the kinds of people who want to do that and who can't help but do that, it ends up being this kind of like surfacey. You end up like burning out, running out of gas. We, we never want to be that. We never want to be that kind of people. Instead, we know that when we come in contact with Jesus and we spend time with him, um, he goes into the neighborhood and so do we. And so we want to always keep in mind this idea of being renewed in our community's life in Christ 
and finding Jesus in the neighborhood and serving him wherever he's declared himself to be. So as we look forward to this new year, let's, let's keep an eye on that balance of worship and service together that would be kind of become that kind of community for the sake of others, especially in our neighborhoods here in South Austin. All right, would you all please stand as we um, conclude our time together? I wanted to pray this prayer together. Let's pray this all together. Let us pray. Oh God, you have made of one blood all the peoples of the earth and sent your blessed son to preach peace to those who are far off and to those who are near. Grant that people everywhere may seek after you and find you. Bring the nations into your fold. Pour out your spirit upon all flesh and hasten the coming of your kingdom through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for sticking around. We, the staff, the vestry, the leaders, we're going to be uh, hanging around. If you have any questions, please feel free to come and grab us. Can you also help us by clearing tables? And if you have a minute, even take a table with you or put up a chair. That would be really helpful. Oh, last thing. Sorry. Um, these uh, clipboards are on your table. If you're looking for a way to get connected or to serve, uh, this is a really easy way to do that. So would you all please consider writing your name on this and checking the box somewhere on there, the way you could serve. Thank you, everybody. You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com.